When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning, everybody. Joining us uh, for a Saturday morning Sun Solar Panel. Y'all know what time it is. It's time for our season preview show, and I'm just—we're doing a megapod. We are—we are just on mass. Ready to talk about the Phoenix Suns entering their, is it 54th season or 55th? I think it's 54 this year. And uh, let's see if this year is the one where they actually win the title. Although, Ethan pointed out before the pod started that we're all in our black hats today. So hopefully this isn't a funeral (laughs) procession for the Suns. But anywhere in between would be good. Uh, Definitely is is an unexpected unpredictable sun season ahead of us so joining me today on our solar panel sun solar panel on saturday morning is my regular partner zona hoops how you doing zona doing great basketball is back i'm excited to talk about some actual basketball instead of all this other bs that's been going on this off season so excited to get back in the the swing of things yeah absolutely man and and speaking of the swing of things did you see that uh jordan Poole took that punch last week and got an extra few million dollars <laughs> for his extension yeah Woj bomb or was it shams i Woj. think it was a draymond bomb on his face yeah <laughs> first it was a dray bomb and now it's a Woj bomb <laughs> jordan Poole is going to be the richest not quite max extension player at what 140 million i don't even know if that's possible that's 35 million a year Jeez. I guess that's assuming a much bigger cap. We'll talk about that in a little bit because that has an impact on Cameron Johnson. But let's finish introducing everybody on here. Uh, we This is a Megapod. And you know how podcasters all like to talk with each other and hang out together because we don't want to do our own shows all the time. We want to do our own plus other people's shows. So I've got from the uh, Sun's Jam session, I've got Matthew Lissy joining us today. How you doing, Matthew? Good. Honored to be here. Really, seriously. Well, right we're honored to have you, man. Right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his partner in crime, his partner for all the po- – they do the post-game shows after every Suns game, win or lose. Darth Voida, how's it going, man? Doing very well, Dave. And, yeah, we even do them in the preseason. So if you want some real quality content, come. <laughs> you could have watched our post-game preseason ones. Those are those were a real yeah. hoot, I tell you what. <laughs> how many how many live stream watchers did you guys have? After we had like 60 games? or 70. Yeah. No, that's really good. <laughs> it's great. That's actually really good. That's really good. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, you know, shout out to Suns fans for caring that much after, you know, playing the Kings and losing to Ish Smith that everybody wants to come and talk about it. You know what I mean? Oh, Ish. Oh, ish has it in for the suns even in the preseason that son of an ish <laughs> son of an ish and also joining us into the valleys lead podcaster i'm going to call you the lead pos- oh, podcaster oh, because boy. i feel like you are the guy 
Uh, nothing against Philip and Ryan, but um, Ethan, you are the man. How are you doing, Ethan? Shut. I'm good. I love getting to be a part of this. It's been it's fun listening to you all, but it's a lot of fun getting to actually talk to you all as well. So I'm pumped. Thank you for having me. All right, this is this is great. So we have um, several different pods represented here today. We almost had Fanning the Flames on the other pod on the Brightside Podcast Network, but. Everyone's out of town this weekend, and but we're legit out of town. Like not like fake out of town, but legit out of town. So I yeah, totally like, why, why are they out of town? I want to ask that. Like, I, I wanted was, to, I know, wanted like, to dig deep too. I yeah, like this is, it's not like Memorial Day weekend. It's not like Labor Day weekend. Like, how do they all end up out of town the same weekend? They're all in California. Yeah, like, doing I different just don't things, get it. Not even hanging out with each other. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. They all picked like the third Saturday in October to go on a <laughs> well, California actually, vacation. They're gearing up so much for the new season that they've got out of town right before the season starts, so they're never on vacation again and Smart. won't miss a podcast. See, I was think I was thinking the opposite. They knew how much work it was to preview an entire season, and they're like, <laughs> "Guys, I think this is the one. This is the week. <laughs> we got to get out of here." <laughs> hey, I want to welcome new member. I believe you are a new member, Suns Fever eighty three. Good morning, and thank you for joining the solar panel network. I really appreciate you being on and everybody else who's out there. Uh, we got 29 people right now watching us. We generally add more as we're going. I know it's Saturday morning. I know it's fairly inconvenient. Some of you guys are watching college football. Some of you are actually still sleeping and you'll watch this later. Um, in fact, most of you. So I really appreciate the ones who do show up every Saturday morning. Coach fallen founder, a regular guest on the show is in the chat. Um, See Bucks DeBar, Sundress Dunks, Jam, Scott Lacey. All the regulars are out there. Good morning to all of you. And let's get going. Let's talk about our Phoenix Suns. We have what I would think is one of the most unpredictable seasons since I've covered the team, right? The, this is really, truly an unpredictable season coming up because I've, I started covering the team that literally a month after Steve Nash was traded. <laughs> My first um, off-the-cuff interview was Media Day in 2012, when uh, October of 2012, when the Suns had re-signed Goran Dragic. And don't say his name if you don't know how to pronounce it, please. Uh, but Goran Dragic um, re-signed him to come back and start uh, to replace Steve Nash. And I asked him, are you guys going to make the playoffs this year? What do you think? He's like, why not? Yeah, they won 25 games. No one thought they were going to make the playoffs. Almost every season has been very predictable since then. They're either no way going to make the playoffs or, man, they're going they're really good. They're going to at least get a t high seed and they're going to go deep in the playoffs. Preseason predictability has been on point for this Suns team for years, for a decade now. This year, you could talk to two people on the street. One's going to say they're going to go to the finals. Another's going to say they're going to make. They're going to be hoped to make the plan. They're hoping to make the plan. So we're going to figure all that out today. We're going to make our bold predictions, and likely half of us are going to be dead wrong. Uh, but definitely, um, let's let's first get us all caught up on the Suns. For those of you just now tuning in. For those of you who are not on with us every Saturday morning, let's do a state of the suns just to get you all caught up. 
Uh, first of all, there's been some injuries in preseason. Did anybody notice that the top nine players for the Phoenix Suns did not even suit up against the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday? And we only lost by a point. Yeah. Hey, it depends yeah, on who your top nine are, I guess. But yes, yeah, there were a lot oh, of people missing. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about ranking the Suns in a little bit. But definitely, arguably, the top nine players for the Phoenix Suns did not even suit up in Wednesday's preseason finale. Um, one of those was Dario Saric. He was away from the team all week. Raise your hand if you thought that was because he was told he was going to be traded. At least one person. Am I the only one? <laughs> yeah. You guys didn't think that? No, no, no. I believed oh. it too. Hey. I, I honestly, I thought in, I thought injury. I thought oh, something okay. happened and they didn't want us to know and they didn't want other teams to know either. Yeah. I thought he got a bad haircut. He didn't want to be seen on TV. <laughs> oh, I hope he doesn't cut his hair because that dude's got the worst cowlick <laughs> of anyone I've seen in the NBA, man. So I love that he's got the Fabio hair going right now and I want him to keep that hair. I'm just Just for his sake. Just for his sake. See, Bucks to Bar, thank you for also re-signing up uh, to, to our YouTube channel. I very much appreciate it. Um, I actually thought Dario was <laughs> being uh, set up for a trade with Jay Crowder also holding out. Those are a good pairing. You know, they, they add up to about $20 million. You could get yourself someone like a Harrison Barnes, who actually did not look very good uh, in the Wednesday night game. Uh, but it actually turns out Dario was becoming a father. Congratulations, Dario Sharich. I'll bet that kid came out with the with the back of his hair standing straight up, the little (laughs) hairs he's got. Because that's what happens. When you have babies, your worst attributes are you you'll see in the baby first thing. And and that's I'm sure he's got the baby's got a huge cowlick on the back. And a huge butt. And a huge yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it's a boy, around, he's got a huge know, so. he's got a huge something because that's how boys come out. But anyway, <laughs> all right. So Dario becoming a dad, back with the team, was shooting around, totally healthy. We have to ask though, is Dario even in the Suns rotation? But we'll get to that in a little bit. The next thing, the next three ramping up, um, getting better had suffered injuries during preseason, unfortunately. Cameron Johnson barely played this preseason. Uh, he strained his thumb. The Suns have kept on, guys on out for up to a too. month. It's on like, his shooting hand. Of course. Of course. The yeah. one guy you're like looking forward to, you're like, he's finally got his shot. Okay, he's yeah. out there. It's like five minutes into the first preseason game. It's like, and his right thumb is strained. And to your point, Dave, they'll keep him out you know, upwards of a month sometimes in this situation. So They do. do Last... Last season, the reason uh, one of the reasons the Suns started losing their edge was because Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder both, no, campaign and Jay Crowder both strained a, a finger and were out almost a month. And that was while Chris Paul was also out as well. Speaking of campaign, he also strained his right finger again. Uh, that's his non-shooting thing, hand, but still, uh, he practiced. Um, he, he, they're, they're going through all the drills except for scrimmaging, and then Landry Shamet had strained hip. As soon as he had a good game, he makes five threes, and apparently that strains your hip. I mean, I thought that was only 55-year-olds where that was the case at, at the Y on the weekends, but he strained his hip. All right, Ethan. Your prediction, how many of those three, Cam Johnson, Cam Payne, and Landry Shamet, play in the, pre- in the season opener on Wednesday night? Your prediction, Ethan? Maybe one. 
I think just I one. think I think Cam Johnson is going to be treated with the the most gentle baby gloves, and I think it's for good reason. I think campaign comes back. That's that's the one I would think, just because I don't know one finger for him. He's played through stuff before, and I think Landry, if it's hips, it's joints, it's core. Again, if you don't need them quite yet, you know you're going to be figuring stuff out the first couple weeks anyway. So I think one of three is probably a safe bet. One of three, uh, Zona. What do you think? How many guys are going to how many guys are going to be active for the game and get in? Uh, I was going to agree with Ethan, but that's boring. So I'll say two. Uh, I'll say <laughs> who'd, who'd want to do that? <laughs> I'll say Cam Johnson's probably like like you said, going to be treated, uh, you know, like a fragile, you know, breakable box with, uh, you know, especially in his contract year. So they might just hold him out. Um, but I think Shamit and Payne will come back, and you know, with how much they love Shamit, it's going to be tough to keep him out much much longer. He's you know. Find someone that loves you as much as Monty loves Landry Shamit. <laughs> Monty's actually Monty's new love child just might be Jock Landale, but uh, let's, hey, we same, can only hope. Yeah. Here. Same here. So we can only hope. Um, all right. So I'm going to predict none. I'm going to say all three of those guys are going to hold out. They're going to be sat out because the Suns are not are going to want to have some excuses this time if they lose to Dallas. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Some live excuses, <clears throat> not random rumors afterwards that people played through being sick. Um, I, I'd say zero. All right. Um, let's see. No sign of Jay Crowder yet. I actually low-key think Jay Crowder is going to come back all smiles this weekend to the <laughs> team and show up and just say, hey, man, I'm a pro. I'm going to play out my contract because people forget Jay Crowder is actually under contract for $10 million this year. If he does not show up starting in the regular season, guess who loses money? You don't get your paychecks. Yeah. You don't get your paychecks. Getting that Ben Simmons. If you don't show up on opening night. I doubt it. All right. Zona, you don't think he's going to show up? You think he's going to sacrifice money? Yeah, I think he's just mentally gone at this point, and he's fine with that. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it is a lot of money, but uh, I just think, you know, when you when you take it that far, and just there's things I've heard that I can't I can't repeat uh, from someone close to Jay that I just don't think he's going to come back. Think oh, he's burned really? some bridges. Wow, it's that yeah. bad, so, huh? It's, it's, it's on a personal level. It's not just once an extension. Did he burn some bridges or did he burn Mikhail bridges? <laughs> oh, Ooh, I think they're, play. On, they're on some good terms. Hopefully, I don't know. Yeah, he it's might tough because some bridges. You know, you, you think about it like the Kevin Durant situation, right? Like Kevin Durant put himself out there this offseason saying, hey, I don't want to be here. Trade me. And then the market dictates his value, right? Well, the market dictated that he was way too valuable for anybody to truly try to give up what they uh, what, what the nets wanted them to give up so now jay crowder you know way less on the totem pole was kind of in the same boat right like i want i, I don't want to be here anymore trade me and now we're you know the suns are not going to just give him away for nothing so they're trying to you know test the market see what his value is and they're probably not getting the proper return so it'll be interesting to see if dave's low-key prediction is right because how long does it go on? Is he going to sit out an entire right. season, not making any money because he doesn't want to be a part of a team that he assisted to get to 64 wins one season and an NBA finals the season before? It doesn't really look good on your character if that's the kind of thing you're doing, right? No, not at all. And I think, too, like he wants to start. 
And it's like any right. team that we trade him to, he's going to have to start. It's just a weird situation. It's yeah, like, but see, the Suns have an opening at Power Forward because Cam Johnson's going to be know, out a so month weird. with a thumb injury. Yeah, and I heard that they're actually burning Cameron Johnson jerseys now in the street because we're just sick of his, <laughs> we're sick of his shit. Yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're, we're done. Sick of his injury. Like, they're here, burning Here's thumbs. your time to play and – you're hurt already. So. Burn the jerseys. Those you, brand those brand new Sunburst jerseys, people are already burning them in the streets of Phoenix. Yeah. It's craziness. Can you think of any example, though, where a player not just asks for a trade, but the GM openly says they're not with the team, we're going to move them, and then releases a hoops mixtape coming out party <laughs> of his own trade value? And then on top of that, it, I mean, we're all, if you know hoops, there's plenty of teams out there who would love a Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't imagine even in the most optimistic setting, he just, he comes back. Cause I think that would require him to tuck tail in a sense. And he does not seem like a tuck tail type of guy. And I also think that would require the Suns to have to do some backpedaling as well, which that seems far more likely. I just, I just can't see it happening. I think these injuries have just made it clearer to Suns fans who maybe were okay with him moving to be like oh crap it's not just we're losing a talent we're also sacrificing depth because who used to be behind him is now him and now who do we have behind cam johnson then things get a lot shakier yeah my my prediction is a crowder trade is going to happen sooner than later like before the season starts i think uh you know that's it's either that or they're going to hold him out till that december 15th and you know, try to because there's there's gonna be a lot of teams tanking this year. There's gonna be a lot of players that become available on bad teams that the Suns, you know, they can just hold that contract and make a swap. So, um, you know, it's it's a very weird situation. There's not too many scenarios that you can kind of compare it to, um, off the top of my head at least. But yeah, I'm and I was I was convinced that they were going to try to use him to bring in more guard value. I thought that made more sense how the roster was constructed. I'm hoping the Suns don't get a little too reactive here and say, now we need to find another big Look, three man, if or they're four. Gonna, if they're you know really I mean? looking for a trade and they've waited three months already, they're not going to be reactive. So I would hope, I hope not. It's just with Cam I'm, getting injured, I'm hoping that they aren't like, well, maybe that depth behind him isn't what we thought it was based on whatever they're seeing out there. I don't know. I just, they need to get the most out of them possible because it's a tradable contract, a guy with value. You just can't you can't screw that up. I would hope. Yeah, the challenge again is it's a ten year, it's ten million, but it's expiring at the end of the year. So I mean, there's a there's a finite amount of value that exists on that contract because you know that it's potentially a one season rental. So and again, he's kind of devalued himself for us because that's what happens with right. Phoenix Suns assets is before they leave, they like to devalue themselves <laughs> so we can get a, you know Greg Monroe out of the deal. So again, it's going to be interesting. I hope Zona's right because I like yeah. You know, Matthew and I were talking about on the, on one of the last Suns Jam Session podcasts. Like, I just want this to be done. Like, yep. the Jay Crowd, I think we all want to put a bow on this and, and you know, send them off to wherever. And, and thank you, Jay. Thank you for everything that you've done for the Phoenix Suns, what you've done and what you've meant to this, the rebuilding of this culture. Thank you. But, like, this is another ugly chapter that we just need to kind of put behind us so we can truly understand what this roster is going to be. Because as we go through and we preview this season, this is the biggest question mark hanging over. We don't know what our death 
our depth, which is our biggest challenge, truly is because Jay Crowder's still, you know, hanging around watching his mixtape over and over again, just thinking he's like, wow, I'm amazing. It's a pretty good mixtape. It is. It's good. Like, you got to admit. He dropped some money on that one, so he might be okay sitting out a game or two. He's already shown how he's fine spending money on it. So, (laughs) Well, it's pretty obvious the the Suns are trying to get as much as they can for Jay Crowder, and they'd like to do something for now and the future to replace him because – Right, they were talking to the Jazz about Boyan Bogdanovich, which would have been good for a one-year rental, but they also insisted on Jared Vanderbilt. And then the Utah Jazz are like, well, "We're not sending both guys to you." Right. So um, the Suns are definitely looking for some player for the future for them, but also starting caliber. And I think their standard is just high right now, and they're waiting to meet that somebody to meet that price. There's a there's a question, Ted Lubin, a, a regular. Um, how real is KJ Martin for Crowder? Well, that's not really real. Um, the Suns might be interested in Kenya Martin Jr. of the Rockets, but he only makes a million dollars a year. So it's not really a trade thing. Um, it would be the Suns could acquire that guy because he's up for an extension coming into next summer. He's like one of those, he's going to be a restricted free agent. So the Suns might acquire him, but it wouldn't be in a Crowder trade. Um, Crowder I love trade that, be fit, even by second. the way. I love I love KJ Martin and in the Sun system. Sure. I think that'd be a great fit. But yeah, like you said, it'd have to be a three way or something, or just separate. Creative. I mean, yeah. the Suns might just acquire him for for basically nothing or whatever. That's 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 fine. Or a draft pick. I don't know about a first round draft pick, but certainly something. Um, so you've got you know you've got you've got potential for the Suns to be acquiring players. What's weird is the Suns haven't done anything. So let's uh, it'll it'll just be interesting. I would not be shocked if everyone smiles and he shows up, but um, I would also be, uh, I'm not expecting anything like that to happen. It's just weird that they haven't traded him yet. And they basically did leave the door open on media day. Every single person was saying, look, man, he's, he's doing his thing. Um, Not goodbye, Jay or anything like that. So we'll see. All right, let's move on to Cameron Johnson, Cameron Johnson. Yes. Let's assume he gets healthy at some point that his thumb works again. And that he's playing basketball as a starter last year, last over the last couple of years, he's averaged about 16 points a game. Um, he was fourth in last year's sixth man of the year voting uh, coming off the bench. He projects to start this year. I just want to give you guys some context on the kind of money that Cam Johnson's camp is going to want. Yes, you've got the top end. You've got Jordan Poole. Oh, wait, you know what? I'm actually giving you guys some actual data here. Dang, stop me. Ooh. All right. So <laughs> I did my own time. research. Um, so anyway, we've got the high end of Jordan Poole getting around $35 million a year. You've got Tyler Hero getting about $30 million a year, $32 million a year. Guess what? Those guys didn't start either last year. And Cam Johnson and Tyler Hero have got six man of the year. He's going to start this year. Jordan Poole still isn't going to start because there's no way they're going to bench Clay Thompson, right? Unless they put him next to Clay and Steph in the same lineup with Jordan Poole. That's possible, but he's not definitely not purely a starter in the near future for the Warriors. Uh, but then you've got a bunch of other guys who are around, if you believe in like the rankings, the offseason rankings, top 100, that kind of thing, um, I'm just using one of those as an example. Cam Johnson was um, uh, ranked 
in the in the top 100 uh, among the top 70 or so. I'm trying to look at the exact number. Yeah, and 79 overall, Cam Johnson. There's guys right around Cam Johnson, even lower than Cam Johnson on that list, who are getting 25 plus million dollars a year. R.J. Barrett, 10 spots behind Cam Johnson, 107 million over over four years that could go to 120. Anthony Simons, seven spots behind Cam Johnson, 100 million over four years. So what do you guys think? What's Cam Johnson's number either this weekend because the deadline is Monday? Or next summer in restricted free agent, we'll start with Matthew Lissy. What number per year oh, is Cam say, what Johnson? What a horrible one to get thrown to this, first. Yeah. Yeah. This is Matthew's wheelhouse, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Numbers, you know. <laughs> numbers. No, no, it's all right. So 20, 25, 18, 15. Give me your number. I'll just throw out, I think 25. I'm just joking. I have no idea. I'm going to say 18. Let's say 18. I. The thing is with Cameron Johnson, a year ago, he was so good. Last year, he was good. I've always thought he was worth the money for sure. But last year, it's just like he kind of seemed like he dropped off. But then now everyone's on him. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to get paid. He's a future power forward for the Suns. I've always believed that. But it just seems like such a drop off from the season before to last year. Um, but I'll say 18, I guess. I don't know, man. I just think these guys are going to get paid a lot of money coming so up why because there's guys... so much money available. Yeah, there's so much deal. money available. Let's talk about that for a second before I ask any other folks. What's happening? Why are the extensions getting so high? Why are people making so much money? Because Inflation, there's going to be a whole new TV deal in two years, just two years yeah. from now. Yep. Guess what? The TV money is tripling. Yeah. Yep. And $70 million dollar contracts will be a real thing a year. Will be a real thing a year. The TV money is tripling. That's about half of the NBA's basketball-related revenue in which the players get half of. So tripling of half of that income means the cap is going to double, which means salaries are going to double. So it doesn't matter that Mikel Bridges signed for $21 million a year last year. That doesn't matter anymore. The Suns got a great deal on Mikel Bridges. I 100% believe they're going to have to pay Cam Johnson more, unless Cam Johnson just decides, nah, I'm just going to sign now, and I'll take 18. I don't think he should. If I'm his agent, I would say, hell no. If you don't agree to 25, at least if the Suns aren't offering 25, don't sign. That's what I would say right now. And then we'll see what restricted free agency says next year. So, um, but let's, let's just predict final numbers. Cause some of you guys are going to think, Oh no, he'll sign. He'll give a, he'll give a hometown discount. Others will say he's going to wait. Voida, what do you think Cam Johnson's final number per year is going to be? So first off, I'll just ask you, can you please take Ted Lubin's comment, question down? It's been up for like 30 minutes. Uh, oh, second. <laughs> I'm talking. I know, but champions adjust. Uh, second, I think it's going to be about $26 million. You know, as many championships as the Suns. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> there you go. Winners. But I, I think about I think about twenty six million. You know, I think that's a good price for value paid. I think it's justifiable. I think it's something that Cameron Johnson would definitely go after. You know, as you mentioned those numbers when we talk about Tyler Hero and Jordan Poole. You know, I think that you know those franchises are banking on the fact that those guys are going to be a part of their long term success. And and the Phoenix Suns are going to do the same with uh, Cam Johnson, but he'll still always be the fourth option on this team. You know, it'll be Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, and then Cam Johnson. So, you know, we talked about it last season when when the Phoenix Suns signed the extension for Mikael Bridges, which ultimately was a four-year, $90 million contract. That was a steal of a contract. 
to think yeah. that Cameron Johnson Steel. would make more money than uh, Mikhail Bridges, it's it's kind of asinine to think that. But then you remember, as we mentioned, when that TV deal kicks in, there's going to be a lot of very weird contracts and variations of of value. Value is going to take it's going to take time for the market to reset itself, and we'll truly know the value of players. Much akin to when was the last time it happened? Was it 16 when the TV deal happened? Going into the Mm -hmm. 16, 17 season, so I think so. you, so you had people like Ryan Anderson making like 35 mil. And people were like, what's going on? You His know, Mac like, Biombo made 18 million a year. Yeah, which made no sense. So <laughs> it's tough to truly gauge what the market value is going to be. I think it's 26 million a year over, you know, so uh, over four years. And I think it'll be, like you said, it'll be done by Monday. I honestly believe that. You think it'll be done by Monday? I do. I don't think the Phoenix Suns, again, you never know what James Jones is going to do, but we just went through this whole like, you also not have extending. the ownership situation. Yeah, true. So maybe not freedom of money, but let's let, you know what? Forget that you're predicting if the Suns had the authority to spend money, you're predicting he signs by Monday. Correct. All right. Ethan, what do you think? All right. This is probably, this is probably optimistic. So we had a whole episode about this a ways back. And I think the number we landed on, uh, into the Valley of Phoenix Suns podcast. I'm sorry. I think it's on the bright side of the Sun podcast. On the bright side podcast network, Mm. I think. Yeah. Um, so, I think our final answer then was 17 or 18 sounded good. I am at the point now, and maybe this is two connecting dots. I think if you go for that 21 number, him and Mikhail are at the same point. I have, after watching the Aiton situation, there's obviously some egos that are involved when it comes to numbers and money. The two of them have separated themselves together, hopefully for the long term. I think for Cam Johnson, fifth-year guy out of college, injury history already, we're more focused on hopefully his high ceiling than what his floor could be. 21 mil doesn't sound insane to me, Uh, and I totally understand the whole preamble of the cap, but it all comes back down to what hopefully we would all agree with. I don't think he's going to be one of your top three guys on a championship team, and if you're looking at percentage of the cap, per minute Which per impact there? right i'm just saying booker's number is going to be massive when paul leaves someone else is going to have to fill that spot with a big number i think the sun's ownership has to be looking two three four years ahead two three four say, years ahead is a doubled cap though right i'm just saying do you not hope that we bring someone in that is better than cam johnson who should also be eating that same cap i'm just saying that if you give cam johnson 25 a million a year that's going to be worth about half the cap percentage in two years that it is today that's all right but every other team's doing that exact same thing with players of the same caliber everyone the boats are floating for everybody do you guys see jordan Poole being an all-star someday yeah, uh, if he's on the it. Warriors and they're yeah. winning, then sure. No they'll have, fu- they'll I, have hey, five players in next year. I was going to say, if Draymond, yeah, if Draymond's on-court yeah. impact, which is now more physical than it used to be, <laughs> can be an all-star for averaging nine, seven, and six, if you're on a winning team, you're playing big minutes and you're getting attention, they'll throw an all-star at anyone these days. I mean, I, I don't know. I think pool is an overpay. Oh, yeah. I don't think we use that to justify another overpay. Because no, well, that's what Cam, he did with Hero. Hero was an overpay, which was so a bad cool decision, which was a horrible it. decision. Yeah. <laughs> the, heat, the Heat are fumbling, in my opinion, taking that exact cap space mentality and just throwing money around like it's three years from now. Their team is 
crunched financially. So do you think Jordan Poole is an all-star for a different team than the Warriors? Yeah. I mean, an all-star period. I think with the Warriors. I mean, Donovan, could he put up Donovan Mitchell numbers on a similar jazz team? Potentially, yes. yes. I mean, and, and you, give him, a, you give him a rim protector, role players, and you say, hey, bud, your job is to get hot, be great on offense. Defensively, his floor is probably higher than Donovan's. I'm just saying, you. I mean, Bradley Beal's putting up empty numbers on horrible mm-hmm. teams. Um, he gets I'll all-stars. tell you what. I saw last week in a grainy video that Jordan <laughs> Poole's start. defense is worse than anyone's in history. <laughs> Hey, well, I mean, defense doesn't matter though. When you're shooting like that, and if you're on the Warriors, when you're he's getting been, punched. He, <laughs> well, defense when you're getting blindsided, he didn't see it coming. Get those hands up, man! Oh, is that what you're coming? <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, that went over my head. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Not going to be yeah the last one. Of this <laughs> All right. I don't know. Maybe um, last... maybe I'm too too pessimistic. So you're about... saying you're saying what? What are you saying? I think 21 is a good number. I think the value yeah, makes by sense by Monday or next year. I mean, I would prefer by Monday. If okay. there's ever a time to cut a deal to a guy who's 26 going into his one big contract, it's while he's kind of injured and you can offer him stability. What All is right, going so on Monday? Everything's happening Monday. Cameron Monday is Johnson, the cutoff. Jordan Monday Paul. is the day is before it? the regular okay. season. Monday's, and you know uh, Dev- So uh, extensions, so rookie deal extensions cannot be negotiated after Monday. You have to wait until next summer. All right. And it won't be an extension notes. anymore. So that's the only... Right, now, veteran extensions can be negotiated throughout the year. For example, Jay Crowder, if he comes back to the team, he could play himself into an extension that could be agreed to at any point during the season. But rookie extensions have a deadline of Monday. All right, we got to take a second to talk about our friends at DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins for you. New customers, Just $5 bet on any team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they do win. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Those those parlays are awesome. You can bet on first touchdown, first catch, all these things. Right now, for every leg, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. So, And even to make things sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once, once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that is what you got to do. That's code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Monday is also my 40th birthday. Oh, that's a pretty big oh, day. Wow. Awesome. Well, are we you might doing anything get, for we it? Might, uh, are you going to get an extension from the Jam Session pod then? Yeah, then? We're, we're we're looking to cash in on... He already takes 99.9% of everything. So. <laughs> 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 um, oh, shit, I was going to say something. Never mind. Zona, wait, Zona, let's let him vote on um, Cam Cam Johnson. What's your, what's your prediction? Well, my first thought is... That Mikel Bridges contract, which we already talked about, is incredible. And uh, very happy we got him locked up when we did. And I think the sooner the better with re-signing Cam Johnson. Um, Ethan kind of alluded to it a little bit, just like he's entering, you know, a contract year. He's going to have a starting role. And, you know, this is probably the best position he's going to have to have a breakout season. So I think 
paying him before he does that is probably the smart way to go. So I'm going to say 22 million a year. Um, it's going to get done by Monday, and that would be the smart move. Um, I know there is risk involved if, if he wants to play it out because he does have a little bit of an injury history that dates back to his college days. So, um, you know, getting that locked up before the season could be beneficial to him. So we'll see. So you're saying twin money. So several yep. of you are saying twin money. Boyd is going a little bit higher. I'm going higher than even that. And Matthew listed is I listed said eighteen is to twenty-five. 18 to 20. Oh, <laughs> I love that eighteen answer. to forty. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, it's it's going to be. I'd I'd be interested to see what his value would be on like the open market. See, like, I'm what a... other teams would pay him. He's like, and wings are valuable. Um, but... Duncan Robinson got eighteen million a year. Boyan Bogdanovich himself got nineteen million a year several years ago. Exactly. So, um, and basically, Cam Johnson projects like a Boyan. And if he got eighteen, nineteen million several years ago, there's another indicator. But you're right, Cam Johnson has injury issues, and he's got a twin. So maybe he'll just take twin money. Twenty twenty two sounds great. It's close enough where he can make jokes at Mikhail about making more money, but not enough money to where he gets offended. You know what there I mean? You like. Go. He can handle that. It's like some team like the Pistons. Like, what's to stop them from just, you know, sending him a massive contract just because they want someone that fits well with Cade and, and Ivy? I don't know. There's there's bad teams. You fit with any of those dudes. Yeah, after Boyan expires next summer, so they're already ready. They're already exactly. uh, spending so, that much money. Before that. Let's, let's not let them hit the open market. There, yeah. There's a lot of stupid teams out there. If they don't extend and, them, does that become a distraction this season? Is that something we're going to have to be talking about all the yeah. time? Yep. I don't think so. I think Cam Johnson is mature enough, professional enough. He, God, that guy is so cerebral. He won't care. I mean, I mean Aiden, he won't make it. Aiden didn't bring it up. The whole world did. That's the problem. Well, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. world, will the world bring it up? You know, because I mean, I know that the Suns kind of got, Most of from, these from guys a national not, media actually, standpoint, they, they got thrashed on the Jalen Smith, not extending him, you know, pretty much. Let him go essentially for Tory Craig, but now Jalen Smith's starting for the Pacers. I know the Pacers are the Pacers, but still, the Pacers. How bad would how bad do we need Jalen Smith right now? I'll tell you what: we need Jalen Smith more than we need Marquise Chris, who's going to be released any second, and Josh Jackson, who's already been released. Um, you definitely look, man. Jalen Smith's a better player than those guys, but Facts. you're still talking bottom of the barrel. I mean, come on. Right, He's I a baby giraffe. I still stand by that. All right, um, let's do. Let's get into roster moves. So, the Suns have 14 full contracts. If you count Jock Landale, even though he's non-guaranteed, he is a he has already set up for a full contract. Um, they have full 14 full contracts underway. Uh, they've got two two ways already taken: Dwayne Washington Jr. and Ish Wainwright. There are a couple of guys who are hoping to make the team. You've got. Um, Adonis Arms, who was signed but didn't even play Wednesday night. There's a rumor that he's angling to get a two-way with the Suns. He's from Phoenix, from the Phoenix area. Um, that could be hopeful on his agent's part, or it could be something where the Suns are thinking about either swapping out Ish or giving Dwayne Wayne one of them a regular contract. Who knows? But there's also guys being uh, put out on the market. So, Voida. Should the Suns sign Kemba Walker, who is now available and will likely sign for veteran minimum to join a team? No. Why? Uh, I don't see the benefit of it for this team. I mean, I think that, yes, we have the Cameron Payne kind of question mark 
Uh, is he going to be what we want him to be, what we need him to be, what he was in the bubble, what he was in the 2021 playoffs, uh, that run? You know, that's a big question mark. But behind him, you got Dwayne Washington Jr. And I know that the market has overcorrected itself. Everybody's high on, you know, Dwayne Washington Jr. After he put up 31 points in a preseason game, he also had 11 turnovers. Remember that. Um, <laughs> but I just, I don't but see on only that. 19 shots. Yeah, well, it was impressive what he did offensively. But, I mean, you're trying to have somebody who's trying to essentially facilitate the offense and he was throwing it to the other. He was facilitating the opposition's offense more than he was our own. Um, but I think that, you know, Landry Shamit can fill in at point a little bit. I just don't see the benefit of bringing in a Kemba Walker uh, because we already have Chris Paul. Like if, if you bring him in, you're like, well, it's good to bring in a veteran minimum guy who can, you know, assist this team with some veteran leadership, yada, yada, yada. Kemba Walker is just not it. I mean, the, the Kemba Walker train sailed years ago. He's injury prone. I just don't see the benefit. I think there's other options out there that could solidify the depth of this lineup rather than adding another guard who is, you know, walking around with a walker. Kemba, I have a walker. Kemba, I have a, a great walker. drop for the pod, though. That's nice. And you know what? I'll, I'll just say, from my point of view, if you're worried about Chris Paul, injury-wise, <laughs> size-wise, getting played off the floor defensively, all that, Kemba Walker is like times a thousand version mm-hmm. of that. Yep. All right, so let's talk now. Uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony still on the street still waiting to sign with somebody Zona what do you think Carmelo Anthony I lump him in the Kemba Walker category of no thank you um, you know it's I think there's a reason he's unsigned he's uh, he's lost a step he, I mean he can shoot and that's that's about it at this point and uh, the Sun should only be interested in adding players that think they think could uh, make their playoff rotation that's that's my take at this point like why even go down that path if they're not going to be part of what the ultimate goal. So they have guys like for Kemba, like they have guys like Dwayne Washington and uh, you know, giving campaign and, and even Shaman it a shot. I would, I would take that um, heading into the trade deadline over giving Kemba those minutes. So uh, Mello, I mean, you know, he's, he's a big name. I feel like casual fans would probably get excited about it, but I, I just don't, don't really like that fit either. So yeah, either. at this point, I think the best, the best option is just wait until the trade deadline there's going to be a lot of buyouts. There's going to be a lot of, like I said earlier, just teams that are tanking, and there's going to be players that are available that surprise you. So just just be ready for that. Save the uh, the, the exception for that as well. That's that's kind of the what I'm looking at. So the, uh, the chat started talking about um, finding good talent on other teams in other ways. And, and one suggestion here by Jam <clears throat> is um, that the Sun should go after Josh Giddy from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that sparked a conversation as to whether the Thunder would value Josh Giddy, who's only like a second-year player, so you can't go after him as far as contract, but you could try to trade for him. Um, would do you think who who is a better acquisition, Josh Giddy or Shea Gilgis Alexander from the Thunder, and why? And let me throw that to Ethan. I have strong feelings about both. Uh, <laughs> Shea is a, a Kentucky guy. Watched him play in college in person. Wonderful. Giddy is very fun. I mean, he's great. I was, I actually worked with a guy who coached for him in Australia. Everything I've heard from him is that he's just a great character as a whole. So I think both are top-notch people. I think Shea is just a much more proven commodity. I think on both sides of the ball, he can do a lot. And I'm convinced if you put him in a, any semblance of a good situation, he would be all-star caliber within a season. 
like he had the thunder have almost been suppressing him to just bide time for everything to grow up around. And I think if you, if you would plop him on a team that said, Hey, we're ready to use you to your fullest. I think he would be a monster. He's my, he's my dream son's takeover post Chris Paul. I mean, I would, I would sell a lot to make that happen. I think the kids got it and every single player around the league speaks highly of them. And I think there's a lot of stock in that too. But Giddy is fun. He makes good TikToks. He tweets funny things, and the young folks love him. So can't go wrong either way. But SGA is most definitely who I'd go with. Imagine Jock and Giddy together. Oh my gosh! I have. I know. And then Aaron <laughs> Baines reunion plops back in oh, there. Yes. I'm not even going to go on that one. I'm not even going to say anything about that one. Okay. Um, so we've got yes. Yeah, so I I think the sun should be shooting higher than Mello or Kemba Walker or whatever, and they should bide their time until somebody becomes available that can eventually replace Chris Paul and help the current team. And I think that's what the Suns are trying to do. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, once again, the Thunder are going to be trash this year. Um, At some point, they're going to want to move him, and the Suns just may be the best position team to get it done. If they're, you know, if that's what they're focusing on. So so we'll see. Um, Okay, so that's, now let's move into the second quarter, guys. The second quarter of our show today is we are going to predict player and team awards. The first thing I want to do, though, is um, before we get into the Suns rank thing, because that'll take us a little while, I just want to go around the horn and have you guys tell me quickly, because we're already 43 minutes into this (laughs) show, I want you guys to tell me quickly who you think is going to be the most improved Phoenix Sun this year, the most improved. Start with Zona. DeAndre Ayton, I think he's going to take a massive leap and they're going to need every bit of it. And uh, I think it all comes down to confidence with him. So, um, you know, if if he gets rolling early, I can see him having a massive season. So I'm I'm all for it. I'm just going to throw that one out there. DeAndre Ayton. All right, Ethan, what do you say? Who's the most improved son this year? I'm going Landry Shamit, and I'll go ahead and start taking the booze from the what? crowd and the hate in the comments. You mean it's going to improve That's so he total- can play? No, I Listen, meant, I meant I, overall for the season. I look, <laughs> I will continue to absorb the hatred. Um, I think there are some players that people really enjoy disliking, either because they're a different personality than maybe you might be. They're not exactly what you wanted. You don't justify the the first impression, which for him was that contract. And so then we just pile on, right? That's fine. Defensively, end of the season, he showed that he absolutely deserves to be on the floor, which is huge. Offensively, I think the Suns and many NBA teams before have been trying to put a square peg in a round hole. I think, hopefully, if he is able to be put in situations that are more similar to what you saw at Wichita State, what you saw early on, I think you're going to say, oh crap, he can do those things because he's not a catch the ball in the corner and shoot threes all game guy. I don't think he's got the mentality to do that. I don't think he has that ability. He needs to be given some leeway, a longer leash, and be able to create for others. Defensively, he's not a liability. So I think if he has those opportunities He's, he's the guy at the end of the season, you might be like, I thought he sucked and he is a contributor. And instead of last season where it's, Hey, is he going to accidentally play some playoff minutes? It's like, yeah, he's, he's in our, he's in one of our top 10 guys for sure. 
And then you're like, is he that seven? Is he that eight? I don't know. But I think a lot of our guys have made pretty big leaps in the last three seasons. Um, I think Zona has got the best guess when it comes to of the guys who have already made a leap, who can take another big step. But to answer this, I'm looking at a campaign, a Landry, uh, someone who needs to take a couple steps to catch up. And I think he's the safest bet. All right, man. Boyda, what do you say? Yeah, let Landry run the point. Am I right? Jeez. I'm, I'm all for it, man. Let it I'm all for it, too. Uh, I was going to go with what Zona said, so I don't want to be duplicitous. So I'll pick somebody else. Uh, I'll go with Jock Landale. You know, I mean, obviously this is going to be a little interesting for Suns fans considering we didn't see him all the time last year. You know, I mean, so improved relative to what is really what you got to kind of ask yourself. Uh, but 4.9 points per game last year. Uh, in 10.9 minutes played. I mean, the guy was efficient. You know, that's about 16 points in per 36. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity. Uh, he's going to shoot better than 32% from beyond the arc, which is what he shot with this, the Spurs last season. Uh, clearly the fan favorite. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I, I think Jock Landell is really going to, he's going to be a bit uh, an important piece because we need him to be an important piece. And yeah. the opportunity will be there for him to do so. And I think he's going to take it by the reins and uh, be, be more than a, a poor man's Frank Kaminsky, Dave. Hey, man, uh, you know what? Uh, the, after the last game, I've actually started shifting into more like um, Frank Kaminsky's a poor man's jock land. Exactly. That's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Or we I can mean, just shorten it to Frank Kaminsky is a poor man's jock. Okay, uh, Lizzie, <laughs> yes. your turn. Who's All right, so it's improved this year. It should be DeAndre Aiden, but I'm going to go Devin Booker. I think we're going to see a scary Ooh. level from him this year. That's going to scare the NBA because he's, he's a top 10 player now, but I feel like people still don't fear him on the court. Like other opposing uh, fans, when you watch him, there's just something missing. And I think he's going to fill that void. I think it's going to be scary this year with him. I'm not saying he, I don't think he'll win MVP, but it's going to be something that's just going to take him to the next level. Um, so that's Devin Booker, dude. I'm excited to see him play this year. The most out of every, anybody. Uh, yeah. You know what? That's That was going to be my guy, too. Um, so I'm just I'm oh, going to okay. go ahead and say it as well. Uh, I think if the Suns are going to win a championship, you've got to have a clear, at least in that season, top five to seven player. You can't win a championship with dudes who are in the teens and 20s as far as talent because the other team's always going to have one of them that you can't stop. Booker needs to become the guy the other team cannot mm. stop. Yep. I have a question then for both of you. Um, and and I love I think that's the next step for them, them to win a title as well. But you know, the Suns won 64 games last year and he was the best player on that team and he wasn't really close to winning MVP. So what do you guys he was think? Fourth. I I know, but that's still he was not like let's be real, he was not like a front runner to win MVP. Like, no, I'm was, talking was, playoffs. So I know I'm saying though, what do you think it would take for him to take that leap to actually win an MVP? Win an MVP, like stats wise, one finals MVP. It's like 30, 32 points a game. Yeah, I mean that's he would have to put up Luca numbers, but I just I mean like a fear like during the game is like oh shit he's on the court like you know like a Patrick Mahomes kind of type like. You know, if if you're, he's down two touchdowns, you know what I mean? Like the way that everyone fears Mahomes in that way, it, it should be like book. He needs to take advantage of how the game's played. I think a lot of the reasons people get scared of a Luka or a Harden in his prime is that guy knows how to take advantage of the system. Yeah. He's getting eight, ten free throws a game and not only punishing you in terms of the buckets, but also what it's doing to the other team. I think, yeah. I think that's yeah. the key. I think him getting more aggressive, getting more free throws, 
that's the one stat I'm hoping for. And again, I mean, again, what was he at? 26, 27, something like that. Like, yeah, a couple more trips to the free throw line for a 93% free throw shooter. He's hitting that 30 number. I don't yeah. foresee the assists going down with Paul's minutes. Hopefully, going down. <clears throat> I think they need to go up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yep. Yeah. Well, plus he extended his contract with the Kardashians for one more year. So he has the one more year. He almost got let go last year. So he has yeah. one more year with the Kardashians. And I'm sure that's going to help him. Some, he almost got way. let he go by himself. the Kardashians. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, next. We got to keep moving on this or we're never going to we'll be here till noon. Um, yeah. Okay. Most disappointing. We're going to reverse order this time. We're going to say, starting with Matthew, who's going to be the most disappointing Phoenix Sun this year? This is actually tough. Um, I, I think first one that came to mind was Aiden, of course, just because. I don't well, we know, know how you rank him in Sun's rank. It's okay to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forget what I ranked him for or something. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> okay. <Four. laughs> I think you had no, campaign just... ahead of him, but I'm not sure. I'll have to go back. Did I? Oh, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> I, I think that um, <clears throat> I, I'm going to say just Aiden, just because there's expectations and this team really relies on him, like Zona said, to win championship. And we just we need that from him. We'll see. I mean, everyone's been talking about his offseason, how much he's improved. So I'm excited to see what he's changed and how he looks on the floor during the regular season. And it might be a little disappointing. So it's not going to be by much because I think a lot of these players will improve. So I think I'll just go with Aiden. All right. Voida. I'd say Torrey Craig, but my expectations for him are so low that it, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Cameron Payne, unfortunately. You know, again, I think what we saw, I, I think we've seen peak Cameron Payne. I think what we're going to get from him this year is going to, unfortunately, not add anything to his value. So when it comes time to hit the trade deadline, it's going to be hard to shop him as an asset because nobody's going to want somebody who, you know, can't even hack it in a in the NBA. I just, I, I have, I want campaign to do so to 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 be a great player so bad, but I just don't see it happening. I think regression uh, after an, an average season last year. I think regression's in the cards for Cameron Payne moving forward. All right, then, Ethan, who's your most yeah. disappointing? Yeah, I hate to pile on, but I think I think this is the year that anyone who thinks campaign can take the mantle from Chris Paul gets proven that they have been wrong in their assessment. I just wanted uh, to take the mantle from Dwayne Washington. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I don't think the way that he plays will mix with the pieces that are getting put around him, especially on our kind of revamped second unit. I, I don't know. I, I think there's a... If I'm making big predictions, I think there's a chance he's not in the playoff rotation if he can't get his crap together. He already lost it in the in the second round this past year, so you're probably right. If he doesn't get his shit together, all right, Zona, what do you say? Uh, I think this one's pretty obvious. It's Adonis Arms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> With a name that cool, you better perform. <laughs> uh, um, Which is funny. He's not like Ish Smith with all arms, right? He didn't lean into his name. He's he's actually just a just a regular dude. But, <laughs> but no, my, my real answer is Chris Paul. I think he's going to take a step back this year a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And there, I mean, there is times last year we were kind of frustrated with how not only how he was playing, but just kind of his reluctance to to like to shoot or, uh, you know, trying to get too involved in the offense. So I think it really just depends on how they use him, like what his role is. But I think uh, if they rely on him too heavily, there's going to be some disappointment, I think. So it really comes down to how stubborn he is and if he is willing to accept um, that, 
you know, if he's going to win a championship, it's not going to be because of him. It's going to be because of the development of Mikel, DeAndre, uh, Devin, you know, and Cam Johnson even. So I think if he can really embrace that and, you know, at times last season, he really did carry them like when they needed him to down the stretch. Um, I don't know Until if he, he had ran that, out of gas after age exactly. 37. So, so that's why I pick um, unless he's used quite differently. So uh, I, I still think he'll be solid. This is just kind of, there's not a lot of great options for this question, to be honest. So uh, there's a I, lot. That's unfortunately, there's a lot of great options for this question because I think there's well, a the lot of worry. are low on some of them already for me. So that's why it's yeah. a tough question. But so that, that I, part, I, yeah. I'm sitting here and thinking, Mikel could be disappointing. Cam Johnson could be disappointing. DA could be disappointing. Devin Booker could be disappointing. Everybody could be disappointing. Um, this is, I feel like I'm at a blackjack table, by the way, in Vegas. And the dude ahead of me gets my card every, every time. time. I was going to do, I was going to say Chris Paul as well. Um, Chris Paul, the problem, the problem with Chris Paul is he won four playoff games as a 36 year old. And then disappeared after age after his thirty seventh birthday. Um, I don't know what the hell happened on his thirty seventh birthday, but I hope he doesn't turn thirty eight this year. Let's just hold off on the birthday celebration until after the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> um, I'm just gonna stay. I'm, I'm gonna have to stay with Chris. My, I have biggest worry. My biggest worry of the whole season is Chris Paul. Now he might still lead the league in assists, um, just because he knows how to get them. And he knows how, where his guys are. And this is the, the third year in a row. They've got the same group of guys, basically. So he'll, he'll do that. But I think his minutes will and should be down. And his impact on the game will and should be down. And then come playoff time, we'll see what happens. But I, I think it's probably going to be him, too. Okay, next one. Uh, deep bench guy. Fav- fan favorite. Doesn't get enough minutes. Why don't they play this guy enough? Deep bench guy. We're going to go rando this time. We're going to start with Ethan. I am. I think Damian Lee is going to surprise some folks, but I think Josh Okogie is going to be my guy. I think it could be, could be one of the smartest signings where you say, Hey, I don't need you to be perfect for our future. I don't need you to be a massive plus on both sides. I need you to do your job and do it very well. And that is to come in, be a defensive monster alleviate some work from Mikhail and allow the other four guys to really do well on the offensive side, knowing they don't have to carry that weight on the other end. Okay. So a Kogi is going to be the guy that you're going to spend the season stumping for more minutes that doesn't get him. That's what you're probably. Thinking. So that sounds like a thing I would do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lissy, who's your guy that you're going to wish got minutes that never does. Dwayne Washington jr. He'll be the guy that, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Won't get because he looks so good in the preseason. Everyone's gonna hold on to that. And when we see that Cameron Payne's not doing well, Cameron Payne's a Monty guy, so he's gonna get all the all the minutes. I think we're gonna be rooting for Washington to get more minutes. And he's already he's kind of like the the Jacques Landell of the guards. You know what I mean? I feel like everyone already loves him for his personality and stuff. So I'm gonna go him. All right, uh, Zona. Yeah, that that was my pick too. And I think as we kind of see, you know, Shaman and Payne are underwhelming us again that's going to be the very popular pick is Dwayne Washington needs minutes and knowing how stubborn Monty could be with rotation sometimes I could see it getting to a point where you know the fans get super frustrated kind of like the Aaron Holiday situation but I actually do think Washington can play and I'd love to see him with the starting unit and in staggered uh, rotations so uh, he's someone that you know I, I think a lot of fans are going to be calling for 
And but if they're not calling for him, that's that means Payne and Shaman stepped up. So that would be that'd be a good thing. Uh, Buck Dog in the chat says Jay Crowder. We're going to be stumping for him. Why isn't he getting minutes? That's <laughs> that's probably actually going to happen. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, wait, have I gotten everybody? No, Lissy. Lissy, did you? John, oh, you did. You made it. The other one. It's okay. I mix you guys up. You guys are so similar. Oh, We're exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's the most boring <laughs> podcast to watch because it's like yep. two guys just talking <laughs> to each other. It's like a guy. It's a it's a guy talking to a mirror for the entire podcast. And we're both hour. bald now too. So yeah. We who's your, yeah. So. All right. Who's your who's your guy? You're going to be stumping for minutes for. Um, I mean, you guys nailed it with the, the Dwayne Washington simply because he's this year's Aaron Holiday. Uh, you know, the fact that we were calling for Aaron Holiday in the playoffs last year just goes to show you how insane we are as Suns fans. Thank you. That you one know? frustrated me so much. Oh, it's just like, you know, be, it's because, you know, you have those those fleeting moments of success and you're like, oh, well, that's replicable in the playoffs yeah. for 30 minutes a game. Like, it's just not. Uh, I like the Josh Akogi pick. That's probably who I was going to go with. But seeing as that's already been taken, I like Damian Lee. I'm really excited to see what he brings to this team this season. Uh, you know, he can shoot the three a little bit. He plays some defense. He's got some physicality to him. And I think he's going to be one of those guys. It's just, there's not going to be enough minutes to get him in there uh, unless some people are not playing successfully. And again, it's like, it's going to take two months for, for Monty Williams to go, you know what? I don't think they're going to play successfully, but still I'll give Elliot Kobo minutes. Javon Carter. Yeah. All right, man, I'm going, I'm going for Adonis arms. People are going to be so desperate. Everyone's going to have played. There's going to be injuries on the team. We're going to have seen all these dudes get on the court. And so, the only guy left who won't have gotten minutes because he'll be on some kind of two-way or something like that will be Adonis Arms, and we're going to be begging, why don't we give him a chance? He could save the season. That's what. That's my vote. I hope I'm surprised that. nobody said Ish Wainwright because I feel like he's a fan favorite, but I True, know that Monty yeah. doesn't, Monty doesn't like him, and he's not really good either. He's not a player. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, he's great. Ish. Like, the Cardinals could use him. Yeah, yeah. Josh Jackson just got wave code. Yes, I I, I saw that, and uh, pretty. That's quickly, why we're all wearing black today. We knew it was going right, to happen because Josh Jackson got waved. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, um, predict the Suns' win total this season. <laughs> Suns' win fun. total this season and their playoff seed. So do it all together. Win total and playoff seed. Zona, you first. Fifty-four wins, third seed in the West. All right, Ethan. Oh boy. Uh, I hate being this guy. Uh, 51 4 seed. 51 4 seed. Yeah, I just I just see I see them just saying let's be healthy for the playoffs. We're not chasing some franchise record this year. Let's just get there healthy and hopefully win some games. Hopefully. All right. All right. Darth. I'm going to say 49 5 seed. You are close. Down, pretty close. We're down, pretty close. Down. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, what what's the over under? I think it's what 53 and a half, 52, 52 and, a half. and a half. I think it's 50, 51 and a half, I thought. Well, there's yeah. different lines know, for different This sites. week said 52 and a half. I know I draft DraftKings the under. DraftKings who sponsors the pod, make sure you use promo code TBPN when you go to DraftKings when you sign much. up. Uh so one thing we're going to be doing right after this show wraps, Matthew and I are going live with our Pacific oh, Division. Pre- yeah, well, we're still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Pacific division preview. Um, And we have the lines in there, but I will say like kind of Ethan's point, like the win total isn't going to be what the Phoenix suns are focused on. They're going to focus on continuity and health heading into the playoffs. So, you know, they might rear it back at certain points to ensure health. So they start to hit their stride 
as they enter the playoffs, not mid-season like they tend to do. Much akin to the Los Angeles Dodgers, who win 111 games, shut it down at the end of the season, then suck in the playoffs every year. Good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sundress. Sundress Dunks in the chat says, we didn't chase it last year either. Paul and Kim is, oh, yeah. The Suns chased that 60, that 64 wins or oh, whatever. They time. needed they more want, than 62. They wanted it. They wanted it so bad they had nothing left after they hit it. So, no, definitely they chased it for sure. Every win mattered, and I think Boyd has got a got a a, a little bit of an, um, a good thought there that the Suns are not going to be as worried about regular season wins, but they will be worried about their seed mm-hmm. and uh, getting down to fifth seed, forty nine. Oh, no way! I don't see that. But anyway, um, Matthew. Yeah, so I want that to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen because you have Booker and Chris Paul who just want to win. Like th- Chris Paul last year played in the in the All Star game, hurt, he had like a broken hand or something. So I think they're just going to play every game to win, and that's the way it should be here in Phoenix. And it's not going to be any different. They're going to win sixty games and be a num- the number one seed again. I think it needs to be different. I know it, it needs know. to be, but then once we start winning, it'd be like, oh, come on, why are they losing? Because if they start losing games and like, oh, we're just trying to build continuity towards the end of the game, then we're going to be like, or towards the end of the season, we're going to be like, what's going on? Like, we're going to be freaking out as fans. We're going to be like, well, is this team even gelling? Do they need to make a trade? So that's kind of a slippery slope, I think. I think they're just going to go head on to the season and win 60 games again. Not 64, 60. So it's not too bad. All right, let's see. Uh, Zona, have we done you yet? Yes, um, yeah. I went 54 in the, the three right. C in the West, but I, I think John's point was was a good one that you know they're they're probably gonna I don't want to say the word coast because they are too competitive for that, like Matthew was saying. But I think you know you look at the Bucks, just like their trajectory before they won the title, they kind of flew under the radar a little bit, and no one really took them serious. And then they entered the playoffs healthy, they had that playoff experience, and then uh, you know obviously won won a title, and that's that's a path the Suns should be try- trying to target, I think. Uh, just I, that's why I'm kind of excited that there are a lot of experts and you know the media are like kind of sleeping on the Suns. It's a good position yeah. to be in, and especially come playoff time, if you're healthy and you get hot at the right time, anything can happen. So that's I don't really care too much about the regular season to be missed, other than the, de- the development of our guys. Yeah, I'm gonna go 56 wins in a three seed, so I'm similar to Zona on that one. I think uh, the Suns are not going to allow themselves to drop out of the top four, they're gonna bust their ass to do that and I think they know how to win regular season games in their sleep pretty much when they're when they're not missing half the team and I think they're going to get they're going to get a three seed um the thing is nobody's going to trust them including themselves until the playoffs and then once the playoffs hit then it's going to be who are these sons now are they the new version of the Utah Jazz Mm-hmm. Or are they going to actually be more like the Bucks? Now, people forget uh, the Suns had so much success in that first year, going all the way to the finals. But they're pretty much like they had a core. I know you got the old Chris Paul in there, but basically the rest of the team was a young core, didn't know how to win, didn't know how to sustain. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks had four disappointing playoff appearances before they got all the way. The Celtics, the young Celtics, they changed over their team a little bit. They had four different playoff disappointments until they got to the finals, and they still didn't even get through to the finals. Um, I mean, they didn't win the finals. So you've got a lot of very few people can be the Warriors who just won it the first time in, then they stayed there. Yeah, the Suns are not the Warriors, the new Warriors. They're just not. 
But can they win one championship? Can they get back to the finals? Yeah, they have just as good a chance to get back to the finals this year as they had last year and the year before. The good That just as good a chance, though, is still only 9 10%, 8%, whatever. It's still not that great. It never was that great. And people who thought the Suns were a foregone conclusion to the finals last year were fooling themselves. Every year, it's about how you play in the playoffs. Are you at the peak of your game like they were in 2021? Yes. Are you not at the peak of your game and you just lost your edge? That's 2022. We won't know until then. But in the meantime, I say they get the third seed. I'll um, say oh, one thing. I will one yeah. last point there, and this kind of goes against my 49 win total. But to Zona's point, <laughs> or, but but to Zona's point earlier, there's going to be a lot of teams tanking this year, so you might sure. get about four or five wins. So I was wrong. But I'm still going to say 49 because that's what I said. Change it next. Change it in the next hour. Yeah, our next pod, I'll I'll change my prediction. So when you tune into that, it'll be told. It'll be like 65. We'll have to clip those and put them side by side. Yeah, there. Be like frog. I'm going to change shirts. We're already over an hour, and we're about to hit the third quarter here. Uh, So, (laughs) um, everybody, uh, just settle back in. We are going to stay. I'm not going to go into the Suns rank part. I wrote something, uh, well, we all contributed to something on brightsideofthesun.com, and I published it this morning. If you go to our website, we all ranked the Suns players 1 to 18. The interesting, a couple of interesting things, and it talks about the Suns' depth, and we can even cover this next week on the pod if you want to, Zona. Um, But there really isn't a consensus on who the Suns' even second-best player is anymore, although there's very much a consensus on who the top four is. Um, there's really not like who's second, who's third, who's fourth. And then there's a big drop off after Jay Crowder, who may not even be with the team. So you've got a starting lineup that's really good. And then you've got a bench that's really skeptical. We'll see how these sons are and we'll find out in the first week. Um, but let's move into the third quarter. Let's look around the rest of the West. And now we're going to do a round table on who do you think you can't say the Phoenix suns? Cause none of us picked them for the top seed anyway. Um, who do you think is the best in the West besides the Suns? Who's going to get that top seed this year? Um, and if, if you don't say the Warriors, I'll love you, but you're you're allowed to say the Warriors if you really think so. I think they've got some issues. Uh, but go ahead, Zona, you start. I'm going to go with the Clippers. Um, I think they have, a, obviously, the star power. They have the, the depth and all the role players built around them. I don't know if that, that translates to a one seed because they're probably going to be resting Kawhi quite a bit to make sure he's you know fully healthy heading in the playoffs. But in terms of just the most dangerous team in the West, uh, I would put them ahead of the Warriors if they're at full strength. In terms of if we got in a, a series against them, I would not feel great. Um, so, so I think the Clippers are that that team that's going to put like cause some trouble in the playoffs if, if they're healthy. But you know this is kind of their last run too, right? If they if they fail this year, then you know it's it's tough to see them running it back again. All right, Ethan. Yeah, I think you can't go wrong with Clippers or Warriors. I think in terms of talent, I'm I'm hoping that it's Warriors, Clippers, Suns, one, two, three, in some order. I think the Warriors, given their young pieces who they're going to want more minutes for, are going to be able to attack every regular season game a little easier than the Clippers, who, like already mentioned, are going to probably rest a good bit. So I think Warriors definitely uh, an option just because they have so many young guys who they're going to want to play big parts during a regular season for really their first time. All right, Darth. I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. I think that, 
I think that, you know, the Pacific division, we're going to be beating up on each other. Um, you're going to have, you know, obviously the Clippers, the uh, Warriors, the Suns, we're going to be beating up on each other a little bit, maybe bring those win totals down. I think the division is a little bit weaker over there where the Nuggets hang out. And I think that, you know, the the comeback of Jamal Murray, I think this is going to be the team that's going to just try to win as many games as they can because they're excited to have all their assets back and playing together. And I, I predict them winning the West, but much akin to the Suns last year, spending too much energy to do so and not not being successful in the playoffs. All right, Lissy, what do you think? Who's the best in the West? Memphis. Well, Suns are going to be number one, but I think Memphis is a close two or a close one. Um, they are definitely a team that's going to play every night. They're going to be really tough to beat. They want to win every game. They think their shit doesn't stink in the West. They think they're the next one up. So I think they're going to be a top seed in the in the NBA or in the West. The Warriors are fun to pick just because Steph, I think, is trying to like outlast LeBron and try to prove that he's actually the better player than LeBron. So I think the reg the regular season might mean more to him and that team. But the Clippers, the Warriors, and some of these other teams in the West, they don't care about the regular season. So, But I think Memphis is a team where they're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to win every game this year. See, I think when it comes to the Warriors, I'm more focused. Less Steph, more Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, Poole shown that he earned like they've got a bunch of young guys who they can probably give more minutes maybe than what we would expect while keeping a curry uh draymond what a joke you know etc well rested but they've they've got like nine ten guys who could probably compete with about anyone but i agree i think memphis is interesting for sure all right i'm gonna um i'm actually gonna go with the uh clippers as well i they look, they've got enough good players that they're just going to win games, whether Kawhi rests or not, whether Paul George rests or not. They'd have in the last couple of years, they're going to continue to win games. They're in the playoffs, they're going to be the most dangerous team if Kawhi is peak Kawhi. If he's not, then, then you know, obviously anybody's beatable, but I do think they're going to be the most dangerous. Um, let's get it, let's jump to oh, and big, big props to Suns uh, Jam. Um, our our uh, member on here, new member on the YouTube. We've added three new members on the channel today, so thank you so much for joining. That's really your three guests. We all. just all we all <laughs> described while we were here. Um, let's let's predict since you guys kind of already went into who's going to be surprisingly good by picking your number ones. Tell me which team is going to be surprisingly bad. People are predicting them to have a good year. And they're just not, and for whatever reason. So who's which team do you think everyone's overrating? Like, there's no way. That team just doesn't have it. Start with you, Lissy. I think it's the Nuggets, and I think a lot of people are really, you know, they're on them this year, and it makes sense, I guess, but they just have to stay they're on the their MVP. Nuggets. Yeah, yes. they, they really are, dude. They're hanging on by a thread. I think that they, they seriously have an issue with MPJ. MPJ is... Um, might be one of the most overrated players just because kind of like a Cameron Johnson where you've seen it kind of, but you don't know yet if it's really fully there or it's going to ever be there. I think MPJ is that player where he just, you don't know what to expect. There's something there. He was like the best player to come out of the draft supposedly by every other player, but there's a lot hanging on his Just shoulders. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know if he can be that guy. So I'm going to go nuggets. I, Cause a lot of people pick them like as a number one mm -hmm. seed, number two seed this year. A lot of weirdos picking them as a number one. Totally. Seed. Speaking of that, let's go to Voida. Well, I <laughs> Who do you never... think is going to be the most disappointing team this, this year? It's going to be a spite pick. I think the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. 
hey. I, think, I think that they're going to be playing too hard. <laughs> Everyone's going to get injured, and no one's going to be able to make a shot on the team. How about that, Lucy? Yeah. Huh? You yeah. like them apples? I know. JJJ's already hurt. He's already yeah, out J- for like a month. <laughs> yeah. JJJ's already hurt at least a month. Yeah. It's a foot yeah, thing yeah. with a seven-footer. I know. Yeah, it's exactly. good. <laughs> yeah, he, he blocks it. without him. No, I... I I do think it's Memphis, facetiously, uh, facetiousness, facetiousness aside. Uh, they're 48 and a half win total on DraftKings. I think that, you know, it's a team that came out last year, over, uh, you know, uh, exceeded their expectations. I think they're going to come down to, uh, to earth a little bit. You know, the West is strong. And I think that that level of play and that intensity that they bring is just unsustainable. You know, two years in a row, I just I don't see it being as sustainable because it's going to lead to injuries. And uh, and forever and always, F. Okay. Dylan Brooks. Yes, exactly. I can't F. stand Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks. Most punchable face in the you know, NBA. You know, he he is angling for an extension as well with the Grizzlies, and they've already extended like every other guy in their rotation besides him. Take a hint, bro. Yeah. All right, uh, Ethan, shut. Um, I my first thought was Pelicans. I think there's a whole lot of hype around him as the dark horse. To a lot of moving parts, I don't quite get it. But my conclusion was the Mavs, and that mm, could one. be weird. Yeah. But no, I, I think they did a lot. The Mavs somehow got worse. Like, yeah, right. So intentionally, that's, that's worse. my thing. What they did to improve their roster, in my opinion, was put people around Luca that don't make sense. I also think Jalen Brunson, as much as we like to kind of me in the contract, I don't think we should make fun of the value. And so I I could see the Mavs being in a, a seven or eight seed in the West, uh, an injury away from slipping out of the playoffs. I don't think it makes sense what they're trying to do. I think Luka is a talent that surpasses bad roster building. And so, yeah, they'll probably still make the playoffs. But if you saw the playoffs last year, you're thinking, well, maybe they're a top three seed. And I think they're far from it. Yeah, man, you guys have made some good predictions. Zona, what do you think? Who's going to be the disappointing team? So I see a lot of Lakers uh, in the chat, and like how like that answer doesn't make sense because I don't. I think they're already pretty disappointing as they are. So um, that that's not my pick. Like, I don't. I think they're going to be a plan team again uh, if that. So my pick's going to. I agree with Ethan. It's it's the Mavs, and it's not just because I'm salty at what happened last postseason like i'm completely over that kind of um but but i think dallas just the lack of shot creation they're gonna be relying on luca a lot uh losing brunson will hurt them christian woods already complaining about or hinting at complaining about coming off the bench like there's there's a lot of stuff there that to, to watch christian wood is guaranteed a month into the season to be bitching about his role guaranteed oh yeah yeah so there, there's some interesting storylines to watch there and if, if Dinwiddie, you know, his track record with injuries isn't great. If he gets hurt, then that team is completely doomed in terms of like offensive shot creation outside of Luca. And when you're just riding the shoulders of one guy for, for that long over the course of the season, it takes a toll. So I think Dallas could be a playing team. Honestly, that's, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they were like an eight, nine seed, which uh, I think a lot of people are higher on them than that. So that that's my pick and it's pretty easy. All right, man, I am going to go in a totally different direction than you guys, and I'm going to say the disappointing team that everyone has high hopes for is going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh, Do they have high hopes? That's a genuine question, not a joke. I... They definitely have high hopes. They do. 
I think how, people are predicting. What do you think? What's the what's the win say, total I, right I now? I have no on, idea what the national thought is on Timberwolves. On them. I'm looking it up, Dave. I got it. It's 48 and a half. That's a lot. That's more than that's Memphis that's numbers. Lot. Yeah, that's Memphis numbers. The They're predicted the to be in the, somewhere in the three to six range. Um, I think I think people are going to realize that pair, putting Carl Anthony Towns at power forward sounded good in theory, but it's not going to end up being great for them. Um, it's going to they gave away so many valuable pieces that weren't their top three. Like yeah, it, they won't have Josh Akogi. Akogi's gone. What Vanderbilt, Beverly, Vanderbilt. like lots of dudes yeah, that made no, big yeah. impacts for them. They're like, we got Rudy now, so this will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's going to be some kind of, I, I don't like predicting injuries, but even if they played together, the problem here is going to be cat is going to be unpredictable. He's going to have some great games. He's going to have seven threes in a game. He's going to have 30, 40 points in a game, whatever, but you know what else is going to happen? They're going to clog the lane. Him and Rudy are going to make it impossible for uh, Anthony Edwards to get to the paint. And uh, um, anytime your, your uh, offense is set up to make, um, oh shit! Who's their starting point guard? Russell. Their max. I mean, yeah, Angelo yeah, Russell was one. D'Angelo you know, Russell. Any he's any my, offense that's set up he's to my make Russell Dunn's point guard? By the way, yeah, you're no, no, I don't want it to happen, but no, somehow, like, no, please God, no, no, life works like that. That dude walks himself into contested twos constantly. Yes, he and, does. Uh, contested twos, and he doesn't make them very well. Um, and, and this offense is going to entice him to be even more of a contested two-taker because Gobert and Cat are going to be clogging the lane. So Anthony Edwards is not going to have as good a season as people are hoping. So I think they're going to be um, frustratingly disappointing. They'll still probably get 45, 46 wins, but um, they're not going to be like this shooting star team that some people are hoping for. So there's, there's my prediction on disappointment. Okay. Uh, we are at hour 20 in, uh, we are entering the fourth quarter here. Uh, we're going to preview the opening week and I'm going to get you guys to predict what's going to happen this week. The Suns host Dallas on Wednesday night. A couple of people already touched on it. Dallas is a little bit worse than they were, but they still have Luca who basically sunned all the Suns um, in the playoffs and uh, so they host Dallas on Wednesday night. It won't be a ring ceremony. It won't even be a Western Conference Championship ceremony. It's going to be a, hey, we're back ceremony. That's basically it. Um, they're going to ho- do that. And then Friday, they're at Portland, who's a weird team. Like Portland has the potential with Dame healthy and all that to beat anybody. But they also have the likelihood of losing to more teams than they beat this year. And they're, they're almost certainly going to be shooting for Wembenyama by the second half of the year. But opening night, opening week, they're going to try to win some games. So what do you guys think? What's the, what are the Suns going to do? Which games are they going to win? What game are they going to lose? And uh, we'll start with Lissy. What's the Sun? What are the Suns going to do this week? I think they're going to go 2-0. I think they're going to win both games. I think they're going to kill the Mavericks. Um and in the Portland game, I think they kill them there too. I just I have a lot of high hopes of the Suns coming out strong just because of the media thing that's going on where everyone is just like, I don't know about this team. I don't think they're that good. And Chris Paul, all that shit, you know, 20 minutes a game he should be playing. They're going to come out and they're going to kill him. I mean, you put JaVale McGee as their starting center. That's that's kind of nuts, you know, for the Mavericks. So um, I'm looking forward to, like, the Suns starting off really hot this year. All right. All right. That's so it. You're, gonna, you're saying 2-0. and oh. That's good. 2-0. That's and good. Oh. Well, yeah, Matthew's not good okay. with numbers, though. <laughs> no, that's well, good. Does I two like and zero oh mean wins? Like two yeah. wins? Okay, that's okay. that's what I, that's how I take it. Thirty love. 
30 to love. All right, Zona, what's your prediction this week? Um, I think it's important to remember beginning of the season, weird shit happens. Like we do this every year too. And everyone overreacts to whatever happens on opening week. Sun started one and three, the sky is falling. Then they won 18 straight. So getting off to a hot start happens in different ways. I think uh, they're going to go one and one this week. They're going to, there's going to be some weird, something weird that happens. And whether it's Luca going off or JaVale McGee revenge game, maybe Dame drops 50. I don't know. It's, it's opening week in the NBA and it's chaos will ensue. So I'm going to go one and one. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if they won both games either. So I just I'm just gonna predict for the unpredictability of opening week of the NBA because it's you know gotta love it. Something okay, weird like Aiden getting suspended or something oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> after one game. Ah. <laughs> I'm joking. It's not gonna happen. Ethan. Oh man, the the Suns fan in me says to say one and one, but the uh, the hopeful the hopeful guy says two and zero. Oh. I think I think they take care of business against the Mavs. They need to. I don't want to have to deal with the world if they lose to the Mavs after last season. So for my sake, I hope they win that one. I think losing to the Blazers is probably more likely just because uh, Zona said it. Beginning of the seasons, weird crap happens. All Every team thinks they have a chance week one. You got to wait a little bit until they forget uh, who actually needs to be winning games and who probably should be losing. So I'll go 2-0, hope for the best. Oh man, sorry, I got to jump in here. Coach Fallen Founder, would you trade Payne, Shamit, and Jay, and a first for D'Angelo Russell? No. Hell no. no. Nope. Good God. D'Angelo couldn't stay on the court in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay, Voido. What do you what do you uh, I'm, I'm with everybody. I think it's a one and one. I think we come out, we have mm-hmm. the energy, the focus to beat Dallas. Uh, nobody will care. Uh, you'll be on Suns Twitter, be like, yeah, and then Dash, any Mavs fan in your life will be, you know, like, like Kirk interact. Henderson from Mavs Moneyball will be like, you know what, playoffs last year, scoreboard, you know, uh, and then we'll go up to Portland, and I'm I'm calling it right now, nine three pointers for Anthony Simons and a forty six burger, and we lose in that game because that's like everybody said, <laughs> wow. weird shit happens. You did some research, huh? Yeah, man. I, yes, coach. This is why you were that. not invited to join the show today because <laughs> you would you would propose for D-Lo signing trades. what rando center off the street and then mm-hmm. um, oh yeah Hassan Whiteside who still isn't signed by anybody I don't think but you would sign him and start him probably uh, that's why you weren't invited <laughs> okay my prediction is also a one on one and once again we're at the blackjack table and Darth Voida hit and took my card. I'm going to predict they win on Wednesday night. They beat the Mavs and the Mavs. Look, a year ago, the Suns had swept the the Denver Nuggets, if you all remember, and the Nuggets uh, played their ass off in opening night, on opening night, and beat the Suns because the Nuggets wanted to show they could beat the Suns, and the Suns didn't give a crap. The opposite's going to happen Wednesday. Dallas is going to show they didn't give a crap. They're going to say, remember the playoffs, and the Suns are going to win Wednesday then they're going to have a letdown thir- Friday against Portland. They're going to have a letdown. They're going to assume they're going to win against Portland. And someone's going to get a 40-burger. It's probably Jason Hart. I'm going to predict Jason Hart. Oh. Um, just I think because. his name's Josh Hart. So Is it? Jason, it's going to be really hard for Jason Hart Jason's out of the league, isn't he, now? They were both in the league, so it's Josh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, some dude named Hart is going <laughs> to score, score He's going to rip our hearts out. He's going to rip the Sun's heart out. And uh, but no, the Suns are going to win opening night and they're going to lose on Friday. That's my prediction. All right, folks, tell us where we can find you around the web and uh, 
obviously you guys are previewing something you're about to do. Let's start with Lizzie. What are you guys, what are you doing? What am I doing? Well, you can find me at Matthew Lizzie on Twitter. I usually send out tweets that no one likes. Um, we're doing a uh, Pacific Division preview coming up and a little fun game after that. All right. That's jam. Darth Voida, where can we find you? Same with Matthew at Darth Voida. You can follow the pod at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. That's right. TikTok for the youngins out there. Uh, And yeah, literally like 1030, we're going live uh, on our YouTube channel. So if you want to pop over there, we're doing our Pacific Division preview and a game called Are We Sure? Where we question a lot of things about the Phoenix Suns upcoming season as we prepare for our jamming, sure episode. Devin Booker is still dating a Kardashian. All right, let me write that down. That one of your I'm sure he's not a lizard now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> done. Yeah, Even. but thanks for having us on. We appreciate it, Dave. Yeah, no uh, problem. You can find um, me at, at Ethan Shut, uh, but find the podcast at the Valley PHX. Uh, we still kind of feel like the new kids at the at, at school, hanging out with all of You're you guys, in. and so. I know we hit our, our our year mark. So if you are listening and you like all the stuff these guys are talking about and listen all the times, we'd ask that you swing by, give us a shot. We're recording Monday night, I believe. New episode, kind of just doing what we did today, previewing the season. But I guarantee you, it will not be an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be with two really, really good co-hosts you've got. I like them. Uh, yeah, with Philip and Ryan. So good job. Uh, that's the Into the Valley podcast. They're on the Brightside Podcast Network right next to Fanning the Flames. They trade off on their releases. And so you get different takes. It's a really good balance because you've got you've got the takes of the Fanning the Flame guys totally different than the takes of the Into the Valley guys. All about the same team. That's what I love about it. Zona, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, there, there's no shortage of great Suns content out there. So make sure you go check out uh, both these guys' podcasts um you can find me at zona hoops underscore on twitter occasionally tweeting things uh brightsideofthesun.com and zona hoops.com and uh give me a follow on instagram i just got a zona underscore hoops just just gonna (laughs) throw that out there i'm gonna start trying to post on there a little more often um try to diversify my portfolio zona hoops a little bit so (laughs) hey hey code i know she's a jenner but it's all the same blood man it's all kardashian blood so yeah um okay so you can find me my name is dave king uh and my name is dave king you can find me on twitter at dave king nba you can find my writing at brightsideofthesun.com most of us write for brightside as well I'm trying to get ethan on there or, or at least one of his guys on there soon we want you guys to be writers as well as podcasters you should be all doing f- that. all for it all for it yeah we got to get matthew back in the fold uh but anyway yes find us at brightsideofthesun.com find today's article brightsideofthesun.com ranking the sun's players and uh we'll see you guys around here next week and we'll see who got the predictions right thank you so much for joining us today hey before you go anywhere do me a quick favor and leave us a five-star review go right into your apple podcast app and leave us a five-star review really appreciate it and uh, any kind words you have very very much appreciate it thank you (laughs) 